Everyone has an opinion, but he's got the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 1 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm not alone. Of course, I'm surrounded by my doctrinaires. Before I... Jared Yamamoto, make sure that his microphone is on, because I'm tired of this every week. Tim Andrews is here. Hello, I turned it on. Look at that. Autumn Fisher is with us. She's always turned on, but that's a a deeper issue. And the handsomest producer in all of producery, Jared Yamamoto, is here. What's up, guys? And we start with headlines, and we'll do that in just a moment. Let me just say another... Another banner week for the United States of America. I got some wonderful things on the Olympic front, but uh, again, another week of uh, congenital liar versus a madman for President of the United States. Before you even get to uh, the headlines, uh, I just want to address what happened in Milwaukee overnight. Uh, just unbelievable. So um, there's a shooting, 24 year old cop shoots. Someone who is described as a career criminal, and then I hear his age, 23. Boy, if you are described as a career criminal by the age of 23, what, do you start when you're 11? How many careers are even off and running in any industry by the age of 23? At 23, he's a career criminal. He's got a gun. Uh, The cops tell him to drop it. This is after a chase. He doesn't drop it. He gets shot dead. With no evidence, with no trial, with no jury, but with FB, baby, Facebook, with social media, the word goes out, and supposed protesters hit the street. Let's not call them protesters. Let's be honest. Hooligans, criminals hit the streets and start looting, setting places on fire. Do you know one of the places they set on fire? People. People were inside of this place when it was set on fire. Uh, I don't have all the evidence. I'm assuming they had nothing to do with the shooting. Thankfully, they all got out. And I'm just telling you this right now from the Von Hester Doctrine. No open mind here to any discussion about any legitimacy or any validation here whatsoever. This was a mob. And these, this is not at all have anything to do with social justice. The Von Hessler Doctrine wants to tell you that right here, right now, because you're not going to hear it again all week long. You're not going to hear it. You're going to hear about the conversation. I'm not interested in having conversation with anarchist. Anarchism, or is that a word? Anarchist, anarchy, that's the word I'm looking for, is the opposite of social justice. Don't be fooled. Anarchy is the exact opposite of social justice. The first people harmed in anarchy are the smallest, the weakest. They are the first people harmed. Anarchy equals dog eat dog. The strongest, the physically, not the mentally, not the intellectually strongest, the physically strongest win in anarchy. So before you go off for the rest of the week and listen to these idiots, these idiot aldermen from Milwaukee saying, well, I'm not saying that what they did was right, but we have to really decide what's going to go on in these neighborhoods. 
No, you are saying it's right by giving any legitimacy. What we saw in Milwaukee last night was 100% wrong. You know, people talk about social justice, and I'm watching people, one guy leaving a store, he's got like an industrial box of Cheez-Its. What, is, you know, what that's social justice? Don't be afraid to see what you see. Let me just say, if you want to, here's, look, you can never guarantee anything in the world, right? So things can happen to everybody. A good way to avoid being shot by cops, number one, don't be a career criminal by the age of 23 or any age. That's a good way. Nothing is guaranteed, but a good way to avoid being shot by cops is to not be a career criminal. Here's another good way to avoid, although, let me say again, anything can happen in this world, but a good way to avoid being shot by cops is to never wave a gun at a cop. Again, not all things are 100% and things can happen in this world, but I'm just saying, as a basic strategy to live your life, if part of your living your life is, I don't want to be shot by a cop, there's one good strategy for you. Never wave a, a, a gun at a cop. Your, your odds of being shot by a cop go down like 99 point something if you never wave a, a gun at a cop. And what, what, what bothers me is there's no 100% right or wrong anymore. Well, we do have to. What are we supposed to do with these neighborhoods? We'll just fly helicopters over them and drop $1,000 bills. When I see neighborhoods, when I see stuff like this, and of course, we only see the people on, most people in the neighborhood are not there. That's the thing to remember. This only takes a few. But the few that you see on camera lighting places on fire with people inside of them, dragging innocent people out of cars and beating them up. When you, when you see that, what I'm saying to you is, these are people who do not buy into the concept of America. You cannot have an American conversation about how things can be better, righting wrongs, addressing issues, if you're talking to Americans who simply do not buy into the concept of America. You cannot succeed in America if you do not buy into the concept of what it is, what it's been, and how it can get better. I'm willing to talk and have a conversation with anyone who buys into the concept of America but wants to talk to me about where America is coming up short. That's a reasonable conversation. But what happened in a place like Milwaukee is much like what used to happen in the Deep South in reverse, where white juries would decide that the black defendant was guilty before anybody even stood up in a courtroom and didn't care what they heard. And now you see the reverse. Let's go tear up a neighborhood because on Facebook we were told that a cop killed a a, a black person. And that's all the evidence we need. We are the trial. We are the jury. We are the executioner. And we don't want to hear anything. That's just like what happened in the Deep South in reverse. And it's no more right this way than it was that way. Because there are rights and wrongs in this, in this world. And what happened in Milwaukee was wrong. Even if there are real grievances, I don't live in Milwaukee. But what happened was wrong, and you have to know that. And I am not interested in one single conversation that doesn't start and end there. This was wrong. And if more, I, you know, so that's, that's it with me. I, I, it's enough already. Because we have actually good news in this world. 
and we have this ridiculous presidential contest to deal with. So do we have time to get to the first one? Let's go to the first one. Headlines of the week. All right. Calm down, Eric. That was I'm, good. I'm frightened Autumn now. No, I love that. I love the comparison with the D. I mean, that's, I feel like that's completely accurate. Yeah. You know what? This is not MLK's dream. MLK, this is not MLK's dream. Don't insult my intelligence all week long by presenting this as civil rights. I'm not afraid to see what I see. MLK's dream is simple. To be judged by the content of your character and not the color of your skin. That goes for everybody. He meant it for everybody. No one should be judged by the content, I mean, should be judged by the color of their skin. Not a white cop. Not a, uh, uh, an African-American who lives in a certain neighborhood. Not an Asian on a, on a campus where people don't usually see Asian. No one. MLK's dream applies to everyone. Judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Now my rant has gone over and I've got some good news for you, because the United States has a commanding lead in the Rio Olympics with 60 medals, Eric. That's, that's leading everybody. This is uh, fantastic. I'm watching it all. I watched Michael Phelps last night. I watched, him. I watched the gymnast. Now, let me ask you before we go to commercial here. You had a homework assignment. Yes, I did. We filled in for Eric Erickson, and I gave. I told you I wanted an audio montage, and I believe we have... Uh, yeah, we had some people responding to it on the open mic feature. Yeah, somebody, people really wanted to hear this. Hey, EVH, I'm really looking forward to giggle along with your Donald Trump and Olympic clip montage. Uh, make sure you play it soon. I'm a Trump supporter, and I can laugh at my man. He's kind of a goon sometimes. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who is that guy? Hold on. So this is uh, what I the, the montage was. I wanted Donald Trump saying we don't win anymore with the Olympic medals stuff. So when was the last time you've seen our country win it? It's a gold medal for the U.S. and a golden Andy for Michael Phelps. We don't win anymore. The final five taking home the gold. The women's U.S. gymnastics team flipping, tumbling, and vaulting to Olympic glory. We don't win anymore. There she goes! We all stood in amazement four years ago in the 800 free, and everybody in this arena doing the same as Katie Ledecky smashes her own world record. USA! 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 Wow. Wow. Great job, Jared. <laughs> Thank you. It's exactly what I ordered up. And I want to hear more about the good things that happen in this country. You know, every once in a while, I know it's not great, the greatest radio. You want, they say conflict is the essence of drama, and I understand that. You want to go to where the dirt is and start mucking around. That's, where, that's how you get good entertainment. But uh, every once in a while, can we kind of, everybody relax? And what's going on in these Olympics, that's true, good, old-fashioned Americanism in that you have to train for four years for a shot. You know how many people that are in these Olympics that train for four years, they get the shot, they don't get a medal? That's the danger for every one of them who wakes up every morning at 5 or 4.30 in the morning and goes and does this stuff before school or college or whatever, or their jobs. And then you got a shot. You don't have a guarantee. That's good for Americanism right there. Let me say to anybody listening, you've got a shot, but you do not have a guarantee. But you don't even have a shot if you don't buy into the concept of America. America can't help you if you don't buy into America. More headlines when we return. 
Eric Von Hessler. Entertaining Honesty on WSB. Oh, yeah. Entertaining Honesty right here. We did the research, and it came back. That dude is entertainingly honest. <laughs> and we're running with it, folks. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. The doctrinaires are here. Uh, I went off on a rant there, so let's get to some more headlines there, Jared Yamamoto. Robert De Niro says, quote, Donald Trump is totally nuts. He's washed up. Look, a lot of people are saying Robert De Niro is washed up. I'm saying it. People are saying it. Look, have you ever seen the intern? Unwatchable. This guy. Actually, I didn't mind bad grandpa. But it was funny. Listen, but it's no taxi driver or goodfellas, okay? And he's no longer a good fella. He's a jerk. <laughs> and I say... I want, and I know that we have a lot of Trump uh, fans who listen, and I'm, look, this is America, and uh, bless you for whoever you vote for. But I'm going to call them the way that I see them, and that may upset you. So the other night, I, I, I really do think that uh, he's kind of losing something. I, I, I meltdown. I I've never seen a campaign like this. Uh, 2.30 in the morning, it was a repeat on Fox Business or something. Why I was up at 2.30 in the morning? I don't have to tell you. I, I don't have to, I'm not obligated to tell you why I was up at 2.30 in the morning. But I was. I turned the TV on. And uh, so they go to Trump in Altoona, Pennsylvania, and it's live. And all I would say is, I'm assuming all this stuff is on YouTube. Go find this. I just thought, wow. This is the, I've never seen a presidential campaign like this. I, I don't. It, it seemed like a meltdown. You know what it reminded me of, actually? I don't know how many people this reference will, will get this reference. But it reminded me of Lenny Bruce. Lenny Bruce in the 60s broke down a lot of barriers with language, and he was swearing on stage and, and going into racial things and, and making audiences uncomfortable. And in the midst of it, like towns would take him to court or he'd get arrested because he did this or that on stage. And by the end of his... So that, to me, reminds me of Donald Trump in the primaries. Brash, exciting, different, new. But then in the later years with Lenny Bruce, you would go see him and you'd want to see a comedy show, and all he would do was talk about his court cases. Let me read you from the uh, trial. The judge that came in, the judge, right? He's the judge, and he's snapping it out, and he's yelling at me, right? See? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the judge, yeah. And he's hip, and he's like a cat, and he's like this and that, okay? <laughs> and like he's actually reading from transcripts from this trial, and the audience is like, like, hey, we're on your side, but we came to laugh. And now when you see Donald Trump, he very rarely seems to be making the case for his presidency. He's always talking about how he's being persecuted, how the press is beating him up, uh, how uh, the, you know, he said the other day that he, could, he couldn't lose Pennsylvania unless, unless there was fraud. Voter fraud. Look, this whole system is rigged, and I bring it up all the time, okay? We were talking earlier about this. The whole system is against me. And I'll tell you one more thing here. If if the media would cover me the way they cover Hillary, I'd be beating her by 10,000 points. <laughs> <laughs> I but I you know I challenge anybody just to dial up that Altoona Pennsylvania it was a couple nights ago and I just just watching it it was very little about why I should be president of the United States and a lot of it was you know just complaining about the way he's being covered and I'm pretty sure this is the only radio show where the host is making a Donald Trump Lenny Bruce analogy. Brilliant. It, it may be good, it may be bad. We'll find out, I suppose. All right, we haven't heard a lot from Autumn Fisher, and that's a shame. So we're going to change that when we get back. It's WTF with Autumn Fisher. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Welcome back. 
Jared, I cannot find it. I, I know that if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. You know all the great coverage, in-depth coverage. Yeah. But also, the coupon savings. Always like 150 to $400 worth of coupon savings. This week, it's $500 in coupons. $500. And people ask me, Eric, why do you say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC? That's why I say if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Now, welcome back. Eric Von Hessler. Uh, Tim's here. Jared's here. Autumn's here. So we're about to do WTF. But before we do that, I have a request. And Jared, you are my producer. So I, yes, I, I think you're the person. <laughs> the robot cafe upstairs where nobody works. But we get to buy our thing. Why are you looking at me like you've never heard of it? No, I love the Robot Cafe. Okay, so uh, I get my parfaits out of there. And maybe I've been eating a lot of parfaits lately. I don't know. But they're out of parfaits. They were out of parfaits on Friday. They were out of parfaits (laughs) this morning. Eric, it is for your own good. (laughs) Hey, hey, Robot. We stop serving the parfaits. AI robot lady. Don't tell me How what's... How can I help you? <laughs> don't, don't tell me what's good for me. How can I help you? I, you can help me by having a good supply of parfaits that don't run out by Friday because the I'm on parfaits Sunday. parfaits are no longer in stock. Please make a different selection. I understand that they're not in stock. As I understand that. <laughs> what I'm telling you is I would like them a request from a customer, a human being. I'm sorry. Please repeat your order. <laughs> my order is please get more parfaits in the future. That's my, that's my order. That's my request. Not the really. parfaits are no longer in stock. <laughs> no, they're like not. A different option. <laughs> so, uh, what happened? The future. That's the future that's going to happen at McDonald's. I know. I know. <laughs> it's so, uh, it's so here's the thing. It's funny that you mentioned uh, health. So when the parfaits aren't there, I go for the uh, sausage, egg, and cheese uh, <laughs> thing, and it's delicious. It tastes great, but I could uh, I can feel days being peeled off the end of my life with every bite. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, if you want me to be somewhat healthy and be able to give you the Von Hessler Doctrine well into the future, Jared Yamamoto, I need more parfaits. Well, Eric, there is a section that has the little green heart above it. You could easily pick us something over there. Something about that. I don't I don't like fruit that's cut up and put in a. I don't. I don't but I can handle a parfait. Yeah, but under that same, uh, you know, green heart thing are like veggie straws, yeah. which are not healthy for you. <laughs> yeah, this, you know, I think when and you gummy bears. When, when, it, yeah, exactly. when, when you're buying food on the run, healthy is relative. Healthy right. compared to the candy bars. <laughs> healthy compared to the soups that have more salt than you know you could fit in this room. <laughs> okay, a little bag of nuts, man. A little bag of nuts. A it's bag nutrients of nuts. right it's, there. It's paleo. It's very good. But I like to come in here on Sundays and have a somewhat breakfasty kind of thing called the parfait. I don't think it should be too much to ask of the robot cafe. All right, let's do it. What the? What the? What the? Seriously, what the? WTF with Autumn Fisher. Woo, my name's in there. Oh, there you are, Autumn Fisher. Don't hit, well, your name's in there, so that means uh, don't... Uh, don't come up short. Give us some good WTF. Oh, too much pressure. <laughs> so uh, what WTF happened earlier this week, nobody knows because there's so many things happening this week. Yes. But earlier this week on a Wednesday, I think, uh, police captured a man who was climbing up Trump Towers only after an hours long standoff. Yeah. I, so, yeah, this. Uh, when did this happen? Some hippie climber. I, he had nothing to do. He just was doing it out of. I guess to, to he wanted a meeting a with Donald man. Trump. Well, here's the thing: I, I I when I'm watching this, I couldn't have gotten it more wrong. My son and my wife and I, but before we went out to 
dinner. Was it Wednesday? It seems yeah. like it was three weeks yeah, it was ago. Wednesday. So much happens now that these stories that were a few days ago seem like they happened weeks ago. In a, in, a, in a more calm America, a guy trying to scale Trump Tower with suction cups would be like a 12-day story. Like you could keep t- be the last big thing that happened. But the so, human fly. Yeah, so many things happened now that we get to Sunday and we forget about the guy who was trying to climb Trump Tower with uh, suction cups. I couldn't have been more wrong while I was watching it. I thought... He just looked like a hippie dude. I thought he was going to have a Greenpeace style mm. banner that he would unfurl. <laughs> it would say something really, you know, inane like Trump love, uh, love Trump's hate or something stupid like that. So, but I guess it turned out he was just a real nut because he had this uh, Facebook uh, video before. Hello, Mr. Trump. Do excuse my manner of appearance. I just don't know how many people will watch this. I'd rather not be recognizable. Uh, but uh, I'm going to climb a building. <laughs> Please don't cover me. I'm just climbing your building. I'm an independent researcher seeking a private audience with you to discuss an important matter. First of all, it sounds like a dating website. <laughs> I guarantee that it is in your interest to honor this request. Believe me, if my purpose was not significant, I would not risk my life pursuing it. The reason I climbed your tower was to get your attention. If I had sought this via conventional means, I would be much less likely to have success because you are a busy man with many responsibilities. I'll get my contact information to your campaign so that if you are interested, you can respond. As for anyone else who's watching, please help make this video go viral so that it gets to Mr. Trump and be sure to get out and vote for Mr. Trump in the 2016 election. That just turned out to be a nut. Look, you. this is the kind of guy, folks, that really goes above and beyond. This is what we need, right? We need more people climbing buildings for Trump. So go get your suction cups and start climbing buildings. <laughs> if you watch this thing, I mean, I, I feel, I, in some sense, it's easy to make fun of. In another sense, truly, there's something wrong with the mind there. There are drugs for this. He's young enough. If he gets the right help, it can be turned around. This is not a rational human being at this point. Needs help. I, I get all that. But there is the funny part of when you watch it. He's standing over by a door, and he's got the little hoodie on, and not really looking at the, at the camera. I don't know if you noticed at the end there, there was a lot of noise after he said thank you. Right. And so you can see, because he's got the lighting on, uh, bright light on, as he walks behind the camera to turn it off, you can see the whole shadow of it on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got to scale a building. You don't have Adobe Premiere. You can't edit this thing, make it look good. So, I think it's weird how he can be rational enough to have the correct climbing equipment and yeah. get pretty far up on this tower, but then also think that this is going to work. Yeah. No, I, I thought that he was just a granola crunchy dude yeah. who was going to basically, like I said, had a banner and it would say something stupid and you know, that, that seems profound to an idiot like love Trump's hate or something like that. And, and, and But it turned out that, no, he was just a... You know, just a messed up kid. I'm seeking a meeting with you, Eric. <laughs> like a lot of people saying today's kids don't go above and beyond trying to score. This kid, he really went all out. All right. Another story. We talked enough about Trump, for heaven's sakes.
Okay, I'm a little confused by this story. An Indian activist ended a 16-year hunger strike by licking a bit of honey. Well, that'll do it. How did he live 16 years without eating? It's a she, First I of believe. all, that's sexist because it's a she. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so what happened in this case, I believe, is yeah, what... Yeah, you have to explain it to me. What happens an awful lot when you're doing a government... This had to do with some kind of small issue. Having to do... By small, meaning having to do, I think, with her neighborhood or her region. And so she went on a hunger strike 16 years ago and what governments do now and they don't want to be embarrassed by somebody dying over something is they just basically arrest you and and put uh put a uh, what do you call a it tube. like, like a, a tube, tube a feeding tube yeah. right put a feeding tube in there and so for 16 years she was force fed by the government uh, until finally now the 16 years are over now what i didn't read enough into the story because i'm like everybody else it's all headlines to me is whether or not they she actually got what she wanted after no, 16 and that, years. that was the issue. So a lot of people who were supporting her hunger strike are a little upset with her for breaking yeah. her strike before her goal was reached. You know what she should say to them? What have you done for this issue? Yeah. <laughs> I, I was fed through my nose in a government feeding tube for 16 years. What exactly have you done that you're going to come after me? She also says that she's going to join, uh, I guess, local government there and try to try to present yes. her cause that way. I, I, but my thought was, why didn't she do this 16 years ago? If well, she disagreed with it. it. Took a while for her to come around she's but, tired I bet she, but she's you, no protein uh, she needs the bag of nuts and a parfait i like the idea that it was just a lick of honey yeah that was for the cameras yeah believe me there was something whatever her favorite dish is that she hasn't had for 16 years there was a lot of it backstage oh, no you can't do that though oh no i know that but i mean you can, right you. you can eat slowly you can eat slowly can't you? Yeah, that that was actually a big concern for some of the, her friends, saying yeah. like she's wor- they're worried that she's going to start eating. But you got to remember, she wasn't starving. They, when they were feeding her to that feeding tube, they were keeping her healthy. Like I saw her, she wasn't real skinny. Yeah. I mean, they were giving her sustenance whether she liked it or not. So she got fat. her nutritional needs were met. <laughs> but be hilarious is if she went the other way. And like she hadn't, <laughs> she she's done. Wow, you know what? Eating is fun. I haven't done it in sixteen years. More milkshakes. <laughs> <laughs> I would like Burger King though. <laughs> that is not true, and you know it. Well, they have chicken. They have chicken uh, sandwiches. And Give me King. the whaler. <laughs> the whaler. You know they don't call it the whaler anymore. What do they call it? They now? call it the fish sandwich. Oh, I liked it when it was the whaler. I like the fish sandwich myself, but I guess uh, the whole thing about whales yeah. and killing whales oh. it became bad PR, so they, they stopped calling it the whaler, <laughs> the dolphiner, <laughs> <Man>. <laughs> the, the, the bottlenose. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. I remember the whaler because I used to have like a guy on the on the on the yeah. wrapping paper, right? And he was yeah. like a guy who goes out and fisherman, but, a guy. Well, you well, know, nobody thought that you were eating a whale. <laughs> I understand that. I understand that, but it, I guess it got to the point where just the concept of whalers yeah. was uh, was bad, bad PR. And they just went back to calling it the, I guess, the fish sandwich. Well, now I'm getting hungry. Hey, or, I have more stories about food. The whaler with cheese? Mm-hmm. I mean, the fish sandwich with cheese? I'm <laughs> yeah. sorry. Don't mean to microaggress anybody. Uh, Trump's yes. going to start calling it the whaler. What, do we have time for another story? We do. All right. You always say so- that. Wait, hold on, Jared. You yeah. always you always say that, and then thirty seconds into the story, the music starts playing. We got so- like a minute thirty. You okay. Ask Mark. Don't ask Jared. All right. Go ahead. Give me a story. Walmart is debuting fried Twinkies. <laughs> you can't just get diabetes at the fair anymore. You can go to Walmart now. First of all, how fake can this be? For so any kind of item like this that is pumped full of the preservatives that make it. So that you could eat it 120 years from now. That's in anything. That's right. Any Twinkie, any kind of cake item. 
But now we have something that's deep fried and then is preserved as a deep fried item. Oh, they yeah, don't make them fresh? Where are you gonna no, make it's, it's from Hostess. It's from Hostess. These are. I don't think you got the idea of the story here. These are in a box. Oh, deep fried Twinkies. Oh gosh, I don't I, know. I kind of want to try it. Well, you're 27. You should try it. Buying anything that's fried in a box, yeah, doesn't make sense. It's. It, I. I don't want to buy it unless that box is translucent from the grease. Yeah. Then I'll yeah. know it's fresh. I want. I want. Uh, <laughs> Chimichangas on the shelf. Yeah. <laughs> My local supermarket would be fantastic. <laughs> Weak old French fries. Can I tell you something? I'm one of these few. I, I, you know, I eat the, I love all kinds of hostess items and all that. I never got into the Twinkies. I don't know what it is about that yellow bread thing. I just never. I never. Oh, got when into my parents it. would leave for the night and I would be home alone, I would eat like three in a row, really quick. King Don's. Now those are fantastic. Although they changed the name because the other name was funnier. Ding Dongs. All right. More WTF when we get back. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. These are the Doctrinaires. Jared Yamamoto. I think uh, we got some concurrence on my complaint about the Robot Cafe not having the items that I want on a Sunday. Yeah, our friends down the hall over at Kiss. Well, just let it play. You don't have to say before it says. Hey, Eric, this is Brother T. I do the Sunday morning show in one of the stations right next door to your studio. I feel you about the Robot Cafe on Sunday mornings. I'll be up in there broadcasting. I'll be hungry and I don't know what. The powers to be need to show the Sunday crew some more love, man. It isn't fair. It just isn't fair, man. Talk with you later. Bye. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm going to get a revolt going in here. By the way, he does the gospel show, right? This is an awesome show. I'm pretty sure yeah, I'm wrong, no, Kiss. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, and also, before we get to WTF, one more story from WTF. Uh, we got this a little bit wrong on the deep-fried Twinkie story. Oh. And given that this is WSB, the most important talk radio station in the Southeast, I would say the entire country. I don't want to, I don't want to, you have to correct the record when you get things wrong with the deep-fried Twinkies. <laughs> and uh, so I was thinking it was like shelf item, but no, it's a frozen item. So oh. they deep-fry it. And you, you buy them frozen like you would, like a chimichanga from a, the freezer department. So it'd be like right next to your Eggo waffles, there right? There you go. And then I guess you uh, would microwave them or something along those lines. And uh, But mm. it was funny, at the bottom of the story, I didn't know this before, the uh, vice president of marketing at Hostess says uh, about the deep-fried Twinkies, it has a retro cool factor. Oh, I hated that. <laughs> oh, I know. The important thing is you got to remember, if you're in radio or if you're in marketing or anything, is that if it has a retro cool factor, everybody's going to be very interested in what you're talking about. So if you just say retro cool factor, that pretty much grabs your audience. They become your P1 listeners, and they'll say, hey, let's convert them, and let's go ahead and get this all done. So it's very important that you do this. You know what I think these Twinkies need is more online presence. <laughs> yes. So we've hired a social media staff to increase brand awareness. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Absolutely. You know, consultants, we, it's, uh, you know, you haven't been hostess, you haven't been radio, and uh, remember what I always say about consultants. They know they, everything, right? You know, I was going to say, they are followers dressed up as leaders. You know what we did five years ago in Detroit? <laughs> You ought to do that here. Do you so. have a guy in a duck suit? You need him out on a street corner every day holding up your logo. A guy in a duck suit. People love that. Right? He worked in Detroit five it years ago. He worked in Detroit. He worked in Milwaukee. He worked in uh, Miami. So get that duck suit now. All right. Guess what? We have more headlines when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. 
live from Sherwood Forest, hour two of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. I'm surrounded by the doctrinaires. There's Autumn, there's Jared, there's Tim. This music that you hear behind me, actually, it's funny, somebody tweeted last night that uh, I guess Driving and Crying played a show in Duluth, and they opened with this song. Hey. And somebody tweeted with, uh, why are they opening with Eric's song? Oh, it's their song. <laughs> so that's cool. Before we get to uh, more headlines, Tim Andrews, I want to ask you. Yes. You just showed me some stuff, and you're obsessed with this website that is, uh, you mix two people. What is it? It's called ProjectMurphy.net. It's a Microsoft chat bot, and it basically creates memes by, you can say to it, and you have to phrase it properly. You say, what if X were Y? And then it'll merge X and Y into one thing. And if you don't like it, you can tweak it a little bit. Okay, well, Here's the thing. Most of the ones that you, you, you're obsessed with this, this is your entire Twitter Twitter feed. Well, it's fun, yes. It is fun. Most of them, they don't make me laugh. But you just showed me one that really made me laugh. And what was that? It was, uh, what if... I put in, what if Ronald Reagan were a hipster? And then it comes up with a picture. Yeah. So you had this picture of Ronald Reagan as a 2016 hipster. Yeah. And that's hilarious. What was the other one? Donald Trump is honey, honey boo boo. Yeah, I did both Trump and uh, Hillary Clinton. So if people want to do this, where do they go again? Uh, so- ProjectMurphy.net. You can do it in Facebook with your, uh, you know, with the Facebook Messenger app. Yeah. I like the Reagan one. Most of them, I don't, most of them are just smushes. Yeah. So like the Honey Boo Boo Donald Trump one was just kind of like a mushing of the faces, but Ronald Reagan. Well, I just learned how to tweak it. So that oh, okay, works. it's yeah. basically his face, but dressed, but yeah. dressed as a hipster. Uh, fantastic. So, all right, this is how it works. We start the show with headlines, and then we begin to get meta on you because it's now time for more headlines. More headlines. Jared Yamamoto. Adding to her hip resume, Hillary Clinton became the first presidential candidate ever to launch a podcast. So, what do they do? Like lifestyle stuff on the podcast? Who's the host? Who's uh, hosting apparently. this? Who's the host? Who's the host of this podcast? In 1971, I met a girl. Oh, Bill Clinton's the host. And that girl is my co-host. <laughs> Hillary, what's going on with that old housewives show you like to watch? Oh, the Real Housewives of New York. Yeah, that <laughs> one. Yeah, have you uh, have you been following uh, Luann's storyline? She's acting like a crazy person. Oh, you know that Luann? She just goes off on everybody. I think she, she's nuts. You know what I mean? She, she really is. And who cares about Bethany anymore anyway? Oh, uh, I haven't cared about Bethany in about three years. <laughs> you actually dated her, though, for a while. I did. I will. <laughs> Hillary, are you watching Stranger Things on Netflix? Uh, of course. We've watched it together, honey. Remember? We oh, that's right. Well, we did. together. We did binge or binge watch. Is that what they call it? <laughs> we actually Netflixed and chilled. We didn't. Oh. Well, you Netflix. You know what that means. <laughs> you Netflix. Well, I don't know that you chill. Anytime you're around there, you got to chill because that's her middle name. He'll chill. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he used to call me. It was my pet name. Come on, Chili. Yeah. Uh, so it sounds fantastic. A little podcast every week. And, uh... Yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give out my banana bread recipe. <laughs> Uh, you haven't tasted banana bread better than this. I swear to God, these mo- the walnuts she puts on top, they're from a tree in her backyard. That's right. We uh, used to gather them uh, in our shirts. We would make a yeah. little pocket in our shirts and gather them. And- you guys are so much like everyone else. You're just so normal. It's surprising oh, to me. We talk about old Hollywood just like Gilbert Godfrey does on his <laughs> podcast. It's great. That's right. We talk about raising kids and carpool lanes. Daughters that aren't yours biologically. It's wonderful. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> you know what? That, that's what we call a teaser. Maybe you know. Maybe we'll get into that. You got to keep listening. Subscribe. 
Oh yeah, on iTunes. I guess you go to iTunes and subscribe. You know, I, iTunes. Click our Amazon banner. If I could jump in here and get a plug for myself, everyone listening to this show should download WSB Radio app because not only is this show turned into a podcast and appear on there within 24 hours of being on air, we do three podcasts a week. I do three podcasts a week called uh, the Digital Doctrine that's only available on WSB uh, Radio app. So I guess we're in competition now, Hill. Yeah, you know, I listen to that podcast and I don't appreciate that little girl's impression of me. <laughs> Very good. Next story. Yeah, I was about to say the first episode there is called With Her, so I wonder what that one's oh, about. Oh, the first episode, With Her. What's this? What are you doing, Bill? What are you? Well, it's a, it's a tale. It'll just be me talking about every encounter I've had with other women since 1971. That's fantastic. Okay. He was with her, and he was with her. He was with her. He was with all of them. Them. I'm with them. <laughs> All right, next story. So the first debate is quickly quickly coming up on us, and a federal judge has dismissed a debate lawsuit filed by Libertarian Gary Johnson and Green Party candidate Jill Stein, saying that they cannot participate on that debate unless they follow the rules set so, by the commission. Yeah, there is a, there's a rule. The rule is, I, it's a little, I, I'm not exactly sure, but it's something like you have to be at 15% in three different polls over... X number of weeks, right? Yeah, it has to be, I think, the two weeks going into the debate. Basically, by the time you get to the debate, you've got to be at a solid 15% in order to get on the stage. Which, with this election cycle, I mean, if you're a third-party candidate, I mean, I don't understand. The unfavorables have, are unheard of between yeah. both Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. You should you should not be well, crying Well, Jill Stein here. doesn't have a chance. She's at like 4%. Uh, I thought that Gary Johnson might have a chance. Say about 11%. Yeah, to 11 but sometimes he's down to 8 every once in a while. He doesn't seem to really be growing, and I got to say with this Gary Johnson, I'm voting for the Libertarian, uh, and he's just not... I shouldn't be able to turn around and not bump into Gary Johnson on television. I watch a lot of 24-hour news because of what we do, uh, and I don't see him that much. And if the guy wants to get to 15%, he needs to get out there. And for a guy who climbed Mount Everest, which blows my mind, he doesn't seem to have much energy. No, not at all. I mean, he's, just, he's very lackadaisical. Well, if we get in, it'd be nice to get in. And if I was president, I'd really do a good job. And we, we'd do good things. And yeah, It's just like there doesn't seem to be a lot of force behind him. And it seems to me that if he was rattling the, the bars, rattling the cages a little more, he could get himself up to 15%. We talked about this on, uh, on Friday. The guy, I don't know if you say made a mistake, but in retrospect, if Rand Paul would have jumped in as a libertarian, and he had time after getting out of the Republican race. Because they had, I don't believe that they had had the Libertarian convention yet. I could be wrong. No, the on Libertarian that. Uh, convention was back in uh, in June. So I he was out of the race. Yeah, way out of the race. Before. He dropped in December. So he had time to actually turn around and do this just by name power alone. I think that Rand Paul, if he was the Libertarian candidate, would be at twenty twenty two percent easily. Now, how good he would do once he was on the stage, I don't know. He was he was less than effective in the Republican free for all, so I don't know. Maybe even his father could have gotten something going. The problem is the year that people are open to a third party candidate, uh, he's a little lackluster and he doesn't have name recognition. You know, if there's so. ever been an election cycle for a third party candidate, this is the one. Though. Well, the problem with that third party now, if you're, I have a lot of libertarian friends. They're a little wary. They love Gary Johnson. He's libertarian enough for them. A little wary of the VP on that slot, uh, uh, Bill William uh, Bill Weld, which I don't understand why. Well, he's not a pure libertarian, and, and they're right about that. And I understand that. But the all that being said, so much of getting elected has to do with personality. 
And in reality, if they did get to 15%, they'd be better off if Bill Weld was the guy on top and Johnson was the VP guy because Bill Weld is an impressive speaker. And in this weird election cycle where people are open, right now it's the lesser of two ridiculous evils. And if somebody was just really impressive, rational, sane, both of these guys on the Libertarian ticket were two-time governors. From uh, blue states. Gary Johnson, New Mexico, uh, William Weld, Massachusetts. And so they have the experience. The weird thing about this is, even though it's a Libertarian ticket, and it's considered fringe because they've never won anything... If you really look at the people who are running for president, Gary Johnson is actually the most qualified to do the job. The the Johnson-Weld ticket is the most qualified to do the job, but nobody knows who they are. And like I say, they're not rattling the cages enough. They need to be out there, and they need to be everywhere. They should be doing stunts. They should be making news, and they're kind of boring. They should sit on a billboard and talk. Yes. <laughs> the there you go. Hey, get that get that radio consultant Here's back. Here's what we decided for them to do. They got to get on a billboard, and I want way, I want well on one billboard, and I want uh, Gary on the other one on the other side of town, see? And then we're going to drive a van around, and then the, it's just going to be fantastic. You remember years ago, I'm not going to say who the personality was, but uh, he'd been a radio personality in, in <clears throat> Atlanta for a long time, beloved for many years. And was coming to the end of his time as a beloved radio talent. Oh, Lord, do I know how that feels. Mm -hmm. So he's coming to the end of his time as a beloved radio talent. And the station decides to put him on a billboard. In the, I think it was like November or December. It was cold. And the idea was he's not going to come down until he raises $90,000. That's hard to raise $90,000. Yeah. And so he was just up there and up there and up there and freezing. And then one night without telling anybody, they just said, you know, come down. <laughs> <laughs> We've raised eight thousand dollars. Come down. good job. You did a good job. You got it's brand fine. awareness out there. That's all you're trying to do. It's all that matters, Mister Radio right, Consultant. Right. I just thought it was a horrible way to get rid of a guy. It's like they tried to kill him up there, <laughs> freeze him to death. <laughs> We're not yes, they the won't ra- have to pay him. Exactly. We don't pay him through his contract. Let's make him want to not be in radio anymore. Spend a month and a half on a billboard when you're in your early sixties. Yes, Jared. Yeah, we got breaking news here. U.S. Olympic officials say Ryan Lochte, the swimmer, and three other. U.S. swimmers were robbed by people posing as uh, armed police in Rio. Oh, boy. Now it finally happens. We have one week. What do we have? Like a week left to go with the yeah, Olympics? Yeah, we're halfway done. We got one week to go. We have one good week. You know, a couple people were shot killed. You know, Rio. It wasn't as bad. We got uh, one pool that has been shut down because it's disgusting looking and apparently... <laughs> Uh, one of the German swimmers says the, the whole building smells like a giant fart. <laughs> but I mean, for the most part, we've had good Olympics. And now this. Now, yeah, Ryan Lochte. I'm surprised that they don't get the gold. Like, they don't take that back to the village with them, do they? That would not be a smart thing to do. I there needs to be a, There needs to be a metal locker somewhere near the police station. <laughs> you can put your medals in the metal locker. I wouldn't be walking around the village with those things. No, thank you. But they're all right, though. Physically, they're okay. Everything seems to be okay, but dressing up as armed police, I mean, that's disgusting. Yeah. Are you saying you're against it? Of course. Well, good. Of course Jared Yamamoto it. is on the record. He's against it. He's against it. it. He's, He's a against good man. robbery. And we thought all, all along he was for it, but he has corrected the record. Thank you, Jared Yamamoto. A few more headlines when we return. Mm-hmm. 
Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. I have a show called The Von Hessler Doctrine, and you just happen to be listening to it right now. Aren't you lucky? Tim Andrews is here. Autumn Fisher is here. Jared Yamamoto, as he's wont to do, is feeding me headlines. Don't let me get in the way. Feed me another headline. Yeah, a story that kind of hits me hard right here. The Delta Airlines' huge global systems failure earlier in the week is a wake-up call for the entire airline industry. You know, there are times when I want to hit you hard, but that's behind-the-scenes stuff that I really shouldn't get into right now. You say it hits you hard because uh, you used to work over I there worked Delta. there for five years. You and were I could, a red jacket, I believe. I did. I had a red coat. I was also a customer service agent. So... First of all, you should, on the inside, what exactly happened? Because I was amazed that when the power outage occurred, that a company like Delta didn't have a backup to the backup to the backup system that would, first of all, keep the outage from happening. You know, like, uh, what, the, can't they afford a Home Depot power generator? Some kind of well, yeah, the, the story that is that a fire broke out in the GO over uh, by the airport, yeah. and um, that that knocked out their main systems, and only some of them were backed up, which, to your point, I, don't, I have no idea why you're they Delta do Delta Airlines. Exactly. You're the second largest airline in the world. Your backup should actually have two backups, I believe. Absolutely. Especially, safe. especially when the airline industry is going through this consolidation period. I mean, the people were stranded until Thursday. Right. Is that what happens, though, is that companies take each other, other they, take on, they take on new routes and they take on new stuff and all that has to be added to the system? Is that why so much dies when... Well, especially when the mergers first happen, but right now there's just fewer airlines than there were 10 years ago, so you have all these routes controlled by the four airlines So if one goes down. So my assumption here is that they have the best computer software possible. Look, I love my friends over at Delta, but that software is ancient. I mean, you, I had to relearn Microsoft DOS when I worked there. A lot of the, a lot of their systems, uh, I, th- that's how they worked. And I mean, yeah. it was reliable and it never failed. And they had been in the process of changing things over when I was leaving over. They made it a big deal in 2015 when Windows, me? when Windows 7 was unveiled <laughs> and we broke away from the blue DOS screen, which yeah. I thought was just... Uh, I couldn't believe That's it. That's astounding uh, to me. That's astounding to airline. me that they are not on the cutting edge of the greatest software possible, especially when you think about the uh, potential of hacking and these sort of things, which my assumption is, I'm not an expert, the older your stuff is, the more vulnerable you would be. You're always vulnerable. You're never in, you know, they, they can get through, but I would think you, you would want the latest and the greatest, at least, to kind of keep the hackers out. They also have dot matrix printers that still work behind the gates oh, yeah. and, and you that, can hear those and all the uh, all the paperwork is done that way it's just uh it's a model that needs to be changed. Oh, oh, it's still printed out of that paper that has all those holes on yeah. the perforated holes. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Sounds just like that. We'll be right with you, sir. <laughs> just one moment. <laughs> all right. There are plenty of outrages in this world, but no English Nick on the show today. He's got other responsibilities, so my misanthrope buddy from New York City, Greg Russ, will provide Outrage Corner when we return. News 95.5 and AM 750. W- WSB, Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Not just for the in-depth news coverage, but in today's Atlanta Journal-Constitution. $300 in coupon savings. There, I said it. Of course, Jared was wrong, as he always is, 
with all information on the spot. He said five, but that's okay. It's $300 in coupon savings. So if it's Sunday, Jared is giving you the wrong information. No, no. If it's Sunday... It's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Before we go to Outrage Corner, I was in the hallways. I'm just singing. I tend to just sort of sing out loud whatever's on my mind. And I was singing a Rolling Stones song. And in the middle of it, I stopped in the hallway because I thought, it's 2016. Could I get in trouble for singing this song in the workplace? Like, could I be called to HR? Do you have uh, Under My Thumb? That that wasn't. I was actually there was there's one part of it where uh, she's the sweetest little pet in the world. It's down the, the way she talks when she's. Sp- uh, you can let it go. So what's it about? Uh, what's it about? It's yeah. about uh, a girl who once dominated the guy, and now the change has come, and now she's under his thumb. Oh. But it gets into some pretty rough lyrics there, and those were the ones I was singing out loud as I was... Uh, there's one part about her being the sweetest little pet in the world. Uh, it's down to me, the way she talks when she's spoken to. That was the part I was like, kind of... Uh, and then in the middle of it, I stopped and thought, this is 2016. This is the millennials' world. Hashtag yeah, current year. Yeah. Yeah, that's not cool. It's not cool? You don't think the Rolling no. Stones are cool? No, I guess I don't even know who they are, but like that, so- like saying that about a woman is just like not right. I wasn't thinking about there, just you know, singing away and then thinking, oh my goodness gracious, I'm gonna be called into HR because it's 2016. It's also time to do this outrage corner. That's outrageous with English Nick. Not with English Nick today because he has very important responsibilities with our sister station, The River. Instead, we brought him in early. My misanthrope buddy from New York City, Greg, are you there? I'm here. And do you have the outrages for us this week? I do. I've, I've compiled the outrages. And we'll start out with this one. Uh, U.S. Olympic swimmer Ryan Lochte, he was held up at gunpoint in Rio, which the IOC originally denied, but it's come out, and this is a true story. You know, this poor guy, Ryan Lochte, in a way, I don't want to say poor guy, he's a very decorated Olympian. If Michael Phelps had never been born... He would be the swimmer of the age yes. <laughs> that we talk about as the greatest swimmer, but that happens to people, and so I, I think he's got, is it 12 overall medals or 12 gold medals? I hesitate to ask Jared, who always gives me the wrong I'm information looking it up. I'm looking it up. <laughs> on the fly. It's, it's 12 medals, but I don't know if that's all. I think it's 12 total. Okay, medals. so but very decorated, but has to live in the shadow of Michael Phelps. Some of those medals are on relay teams with Michael Phelps. Uh, and then now, the poor guy, Michael Phelps didn't get robbed. So how do they do this? They dressed up as security? Police. They were, they were, they had the police uniforms. They were all in a taxi. Uh, Ryan and some friends, they were at a party, a friend's birthday party, apparently. And then they were heading back 
people in police uniforms, stopped them with just a badge, no lights or anything, and then told them to get on the ground. And Ryan said that he resisted. They cocked the gun, put it to his head, and then he handed over his money. And they took uh, just money, not credentials, not cell phone, just money and his wallet, and they left. Thank you, Rio. They all had those signs. Thank you, Rio. He's won 12 medals, 6 gold, 3 silver, and 3 bronze. So very decorated, but has to live in the shadow of Michael Phelps. And now, you know what? Don't go to a party at Rio. Uh, There's a week left. If anybody, you know, we're on the app, the WSB radio app. People could be listening in Rio. Some of our athletes, many, many athletes may have been turned on to the Von Hessler Doctrine. The swimmers were all trained here. I mean, at you Georgia saw Tech. how many of those UGA students were doing, or how, yeah. how well they're doing. I don't know if this still holds, but on Friday, if, the United, if UGA was a country, they would have the eighth most medals. <laughs> yes. <laughs> as far as athletes go. And plus, the, the swim team was here at Georgia Tech. So maybe they became fans of the Von Hessler Doctrine. Maybe they're listening now on, w, on the uh, WSB radio app. Let me just say, you got one week left there. Just hold your nose, play the games, and get out. Don't go to a party. Don't like matter, you know, be you should be in the Olympic Village on a bus to the venue, on a bus back to the Olympic Village, <laughs> and cross your fingers and pray. Yes, Greg. Well, I was just thinking of someone who's not an athlete but went to go watch the Olympics in Rio. So they flew down, they went to their hotel, and then they just watched on the TV and they didn't leave the hotel. <laughs> they take your advice. Like, I, I was in Rio for the Olympics. Yeah, I didn't leave one. Exactly. Well, I would bet that this little scam that went on uh, with the, the fake police, it, they. They didn't mean to get Ryan Lochte or any... This is about tourists. They know there are going to be a lot of tourists in town who don't know even know what the real uniforms look like even. So if anybody with a badge stops you, you're going to stop. And I would imagine that this uh, this is really meant to shake down tourists, not athletes. Yeah. And Ro- did, did you ever watch the uh, What Would Ryan Lochte Do? Uh, no, I did not. On E. I'd, I'd never heard of that. Well, it was a little reality show that he had and... Uh, He's not that smart. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, listen to Autumn Fisher. Are you also a member of ISIS? Going after our great gold medalist. Listen, bless his heart. He is a great swimmer. (laughs) (laughs) What what is it that makes you say that he's not smart? Uh, You got to watch the show. It's hard to explain. There's just a lot of like, uh, uh, yeah. Well, I don't like it when people go after our Olympians. You know who's getting a lot of grief is... uh, uh, Gabby, um, Gabby Douglas. Yeah, they're calling her Crabby Gabby because she uh, a lot of times just won't smile or jump around. Or she didn't put her heart over her hand during the her national hand, anthem. Yeah, but I mean, but the thing is, I've noticed that her body language is a little bit. Who knows? You know, she's a young girl. Maybe you know, you go through a phase where you don't want to be too patriotic. Sometimes you feel a little jingo. I don't. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with her. And I don't want to speculate. Her body language gets kind of. You know, you go, oh, like, there was one early on, all the gymnasts got together, and one of them said, on five, USA, and the four of them said USA, and Gabby didn't. So there's like some weird, but I don't want to turn that into a thing, because every time she's actually interviewed, she sounds wonderful. She seems like she has a good maybe attitude. She, yeah, maybe she's just a focused athlete. It's possible. It's, I mean, that's what I'm saying, is people look at this stuff from a million miles away and you judge somebody's body language and then you speculate as to what they're thinking about and I don't know I mean maybe she is you know what is she 23 or something now maybe she's going through a little bit of a political phase who knows well some people maybe they don't like the other part of it. they want to compete they get their medal then you know you look at that and you think that would be great I would love all the attention and to stand on the podium but that kind of thing does make some people uncomfortable yeah exactly a lot of times in life you meet somebody and they're kind of quiet well, I know a lot of people who've met my friend Greg who think this, and they think, 
wow, that person's a jerk, but really they're kind of shy. You know how many people get the reputation of being a jerk, and in reality, they're not a jerk. They're just kind of shy, and they don't speak much. And so I think the Krabby Gabby stuff goes too far. Who cares? They're well, winning the medals. She can have any opinion she wants. When you also have Simone Biles and Allison Reisman ahead of you, too, I mean, yeah. that's got to be tough for Gabby. I mean, she's one of the, I mean, arguably, she'd be one of the best gymnasts in the world when if they were in front of her. But you're, she was the best gymnast in the world. She's a little bit older. But it's hard to give up that, that feeling, guess, though. You know? I guess, but... Uh, that's how the body language looks. But then, you know, when Bob Costas interviews all five of them together, um, she seems wonderful. She seems like she's totally into it. The whole team, everything. I think she might be going through a little bit of a early 20s rebellion, maybe. But you know what? We all did. I did. I wasn't on, you know, I, if you had, oh my goodness, if there was any footage of me when I was 23 or something, I would be so embarrassed that people would see it. And we have to remember that we're judging. It's funny when you watch this gym, gym, the gymnasts do these amazing things. And then when it's over and you see them together and you realize, well, they're just teenage girls. They're like giggling and laughing. And you see them as these focused machines when they're doing their jobs. But in reality, they're between 15 and 22 or something like that. And they're, they're, they're like teenage girls. They're, they're, they're in, a, in a harsh spotlight. And I think for the most part, people should back off about their body language during the national anthem or anything like that. Look, you know what? They worked their behinds off to get that. And they deserve that moment. And it's their moment. And the idea that we should say, oh, you should stand a different way or act a different way is just silly. You know, nobody's holding up like the black power sign, like the guys in, uh, where was that? Was that Mexico City or the uh, American athletes? Yeah, was that 68? They they did the black power fist sign. I mean, now that was... Basically saying, "Hey, we're getting political." But if somebody, but to judge somebody's body language, I think it's just over the yeah. top. Give me another story there, will you, Greg? All right, uh, Rose McGowan, you know, world famous A list celebrity. In <laughs> 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 she's uh, calling out the media for helping Donald Trump, saying, "You are poisoning us all." She's asking them to stop covering Trump. You know, there is so much of this on the left. First of all, the idea that Donald Trump's campaign has not been hurt by Donald Trump's behavior and rhetoric is silly. But people like Rose McGowan hate average Americans. Do you realize this? And they don't trust average Americans. They think they're dumb. They think they're dumb. So Rose McGowan isn't really saying you're poisoning us. She's saying you're poisoning the people who aren't as smart as me. And who knows what could happen if you allow this to get out of hand. You're hearing this an awful lot on the left. The left has decided that they are the arbiters of debate. They will decide which ideas uh, fall into categories that are nothing like bullying or racism or anything that they don't like. And you hear this an awful lot. The people on the left really believe that they should have the power to tell people with ideas they don't like to shut up. They would pass a law, Rose McGowan and many poets and artists who are otherwise lovely people would be in favor of passing laws to bar certain people from debate. And they have no, Rose McGowan has no problem saying, I should be the judge as to who should be allowed to be in the debate. Because after all, don't worry, I'll pick good people. I'll just protect you from the people that an educated person such as myself knows that you should be protected from. What does all this equal? Elitism. Arrogance. And Rose McGowan, what's the last thing she ever did of any significance? Greg, do you know what's the last thing she did? 
No, I thought the silence was a good answer. Okay, yeah. Very good. I'll Sorry. take that as an, as, as an answer. All right. A little more outrage when we return. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. Welcome back to our Luau. I'm Eric Von Hessler. The doctrinaires are around me. And English Nick is not here, so Greg Russ is giving us the outrages from Outrage Corner. Hit me with another one, sir. All right, uh, burkinis have been banned in con. Burkini, is that the new uh, is that the new taco from Taco Bell? <laughs> <laughs> what is a burkini? It's a um, bathing suit that Muslim women wear that still covers their whole body, but so, they're being banned because they're still saying they're not respectful. This is immoral. This is in France. No, I think they're being banned because the French are deciding that they don't want them. Yeah. So it's a burka. Burkini, a burkini. Yes, you can swim in it. It's the same material as a bathing suit, but it, it still serves the same purpose of covering the whole body. Also, one of the best magicians in Vegas. I don't know if you've seen the great, the great burkini. burkini. Yeah, he's wonderful. <laughs> Fantastic. You just don't know where it comes from. So here's my thing. I am all in favor of these laws in the West. I don't think that the burka should be allowed in the West. So, you know, right now, come on, millennials, get out the piece of paper, get out the email, send your cards and letters to WSB Radio, care of Program Director Pete Spriggs. You had a guy on who said that burkas should be outlawed. Yes, they did. And his name was Eric Von Hessler. It is antithetical to the ideas of the West because I'm cynical, man. I'm skeptical. You know what? I don't believe that every woman who's covered from head to foot is doing it because that's what she wants to do. So count me as skeptical. And there's this place on the globe called the West, the Western world, where women are allowed to decide every time, always. And if you don't like it, get the hell out. You know, Wait, we have I, an awful... Can I say something? No, you're a woman. You have nothing to add to this. Go ahead. Oh, there you I kind of, I feel... Like what you're saying is against your own argument that it is. I know that you're saying you don't think that the woman is always 100% in on the choice of wearing a burqa or not, but maybe she is. And if she wants to, okay. If she wants to, okay, I get that. I believe more by far are doing it because they're told to do it. Well, that idea is antithetical. No, the West is here to save people from slavery. The West is here to save people from slavery. That's what we're here for. Now, at least. All right, we had headlines. We had more headlines. Just try to wrap your eye, your mind around this. Even more headlines when we return. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. Live from Sherwood Forest, Hour 3 of the Von Hessler Doctrine begins now. I am the aforementioned Eric Von Hessler. Surrounded by the lovely doctrinaires, Tim, Autumn, Jared, Greg was here, then he's coming back. English Nick uh, is giving away a truck or something for a sister station, so he can't be here. Now, it's a weird thing. In the first hour on this show, we have headlines. Second hour, more headlines. But do we stop there? The answer is obviously no. Even more headlines. That's right. <laughs> Even more headlines. 
the great Jared Yamamoto. We don't know where he was born. We don't know where his allegiances lie. But he's good with the headlines, so give me some even more headlines. And to add to that excitement, Eric, President Obama has released his 39-song Summer Jams playlist. Oh, this is such BS. (laughs) What? This is such BS. You have one? (laughs) I have one. I really listen to music. I'm not the President of the United States. You know, sometimes... This is not political. Just sometimes I think the president just tries to be too cool for the room. This is a uh, this was what he put on Twitter. Been waiting to drop this summer playlist. <laughs> Been waiting to drop. Really I spent pres- all spring putting this thing together. I was busy in June. I love the Beach Boys. This is such BS. If you look at this playlist, it's put together by a political committee to make sure that you hit every voting demographic. Yeah, Mr. President, a lot of people are listening to Beach Boys into common. That's that, that happens all the time. I don't know. You listen to Jack FM, they play everything. (laughs) (laughs) That's what it is. It's like a bad radio station that plays everything. Uh, Barack FM, we play everything. (laughs) You you dig the Beach Boys, huh? Uh, I love the Beach Boys. Name Uh, three songs. uh, This one. uh, The one from Cocktail. Yeah. (laughs) Kokomo. Uh, and, uh, and uh, you know, the one about the surfing. Yeah, the surfing one. The one they did about surfing. Some sort of safari. <laughs> well, I don't know if they were hunting while they were surfing. Getting lions and rhinos and whatnot. You know, we hear a lot about the mainstream media, and they're obvious that they're most of them are Democrats and on the left and everything. But this is the kind of thing in modern reportage that really bothers me, that things like this are put out, and then they're just covered like, oh, like they're not questioned. There's no cynicism, no skepticism when they put out a playlist like this, that if you look at it, it is obviously designed to offend no one. And to, oh, I like the Beach Boys, well, maybe I don't listen to Common, or, you know, Pharrell, Miles Davis, Billie Holiday. Hey, you know, you know Miles Davis is cool. Yeah, Miles Davis is cool. He's got a little Prince in there, too. Uh, a little Prince. Yeah, exactly what I'm saying. It's a, he, he likes everything that every demographic likes. Uh, a little Conway Twitty, Mississippi <laughs> man, Louisiana, all that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not seeing the Conway in here, but I don't have the full 39. I've got just a little story that gives us uh, Acid Rain by Chance the Rapper. Worried about that Acid Rain. Uh, I guess. Just listen, it's, it's 1986 all over again. <laughs> You know, in fact, it's not Kanye. Tw- I mean, Conway Twitty. It's Kanye Twitty. It's a mashup album. Uh, it just beats. It's uh, Kanye and Conway together. So all this is available on Spotify, and this is one of those stories that the press just salivates over. Oh, the president released this. And there's no analysis. Why does the president release his summer jams? Uh, do you have? We have the. Uh, our radio consultant has some ideas for the president. I'll tell you why. Because your audience wants to know exactly what it is you're listening to. <laughs> Listen, if you are on morning radio, what you got to do is get yourself a Spotify list or Pandora or any of those, Groove, whatever have you. Get it all together. Get it out there. Share it on social media. That way the audience connects with you. That sounds awesome. Exactly. See, that's your target demo right there. A clueless young lady. <laughs> Melanie, the millennial blogger. Are you into uh, Obama's Summer Jam playlist? Hey, guys. So I just want to let you know that his new playlist is dropped, and it's just so awesome. Yeah, you like the Beach Boys. 
I, you know, I've heard of the Beach Boys. <laughs> like, my parents would play it or whatever, and I would hate them from the back seat. Mm-hmm. But, like, he's got Common on here uh-huh. and, like, um, Sarah Bareilles, which is pretty cool. Uh, Fiona Apple's here. It's pretty awesome. Fiona Apple. Who's listening to Fiona Apple? <laughs> Billy Holiday. I love him. <laughs> <laughs> D'Angelo. So cool. <laughs> and there you have it. Another story, Mr. Yamamoto. Shocking the world. Fidel Castro turned 90 on Saturday. Oh, my goodness. Only the good die. <laughs> chance to outlive another person. Somebody like Fidel Castro. Fidel's here. He's, uh, he, I don't know, he's, he's, uh, he's starting at 90 years. He actually has mastered some of the English language. A lot of people talk about prison in Cuba and the communism will always trump his body. So, uh, <laughs> Ninety years old. Though you know, I, I disagree with everything that you stand for, but obviously you were quite successful as a revolutionary. See, I've got to give that to you. See. I've got to give that to you. But I know that you still feel as if you missed out because for all the revolutionary stuff, I know that what you really wanted to be was a major league baseball player, and that never really happened for you. All I wanted to do is be for the Florida Marlin. <laughs> Uh, Fidel, Fidel, it's the Miami Marlins. The Miami Marlins or anything like this, because uh, then Eisenhower got in my way, then Kennedy, then Johnson, then Nixon, (laughs) then Ford Carter Reagan, Bush, Clinton Bush, Obama. How many people has he outlived? We only have, like, our oldest president is Carter, right? Yeah. And he's 91 or something. So they're contemporaries. But uh, you just outlive them all. Someday I hope to live to be 200. (laughs) (laughs) So what do you think? uh, I think Cuba's going to go away from... I think it's not going to be long before they're kind of a capitalist society. Not while I am alive, my friend. Hey, Fidel, I saw that uh, JetBlue is going to offer $99 flights from Atlanta to uh, to Havana. I don't like this. This capitalism is terrible. <laughs> it should be only $5 from there to here. <laughs> In the raft, let me tell you, an airplane tire will float across... T- from Cuba to Florida is much an entire cheaper. Family. You can fight <laughs> frequent floater miles. Are the, you just save them all. Well, these are ideas. Maybe ninety, but I guess. <laughs> So, that guy from Venezuela died on you? What, he was only like 60 or something. Chavez? He didn't have the true believer in me. <laughs> Not like me, see, because I... Go- <gasps> uh, Fidel? Fidel? I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me another story. I say happy birthday, but I can't stand that guy. Feliz de años. <laughs> Eric, hashtag Team McMullen is a thing. Remember the hashtag French Revolution? Yes. Well, former CIA, sta- CIA staffer Evan McMullen will run as an independent candidate in this year's election. Uh, could he have gotten started any later? Perhaps he would maybe wait a week before the actual election to get involved. Let me just say, a lot of people are saying that the Mormons don't want me for president. Well, they had their shot last time, and look how that worked out for them. 
So he's a morbid CIA guy. And Trump is losing badly already to Hillary. I've just entered the race today. He's doing terribly, and he can't keep his foot out of his mouth. So I don't know. He's not really from the Never Trumpers, but they actually should embrace him because what he's trying to do, he knows he's not going to win, but he wants to be one more. T- the choice for people who can't park their vote with Gary Johnson for whatever reason, like maybe they're not into marijuana reform or something like that. So if Gary Johnson peels off 8% or 7 somewhere in there, if Evan McMullen can peel off another 2 uh, you add it up, maybe you get almost to 10%. This is a really a, it may not be embraced by never Trumpers, but that's what this is. This is, let's do everything we can to make sure he doesn't become president. Really, that's what's going on. If here. he can get on the ballot in Utah, I mean, he probably could make it, make it playable. But again, the ballot access rules are so restrictive at this point. I mean, all the conventions yeah. have already happened, so we know who the candidates are. And, I mean, and also, yeah, there's many, uh, many states where he can't get on the ballot. You've passed the Georgia time. is one of them. Georgia is one of them. So, uh, but he's only worried about maybe a few states i don't know what i don't know about pennsylvania ohio and florida i don't know what the ballot access rules are there but if you just want to you just want to have an impact if you're if you're if the only reason you're running is to keep someone else from winning you don't have to be on every state because most states are red or blue you want to be on swing states and maybe just a couple of them well utah is not a swing state utah colorado is strangely enough utah might be becoming one uh, but uh, that's some of the trouble that Trump's in right oh, now. Wow. Unless you believe the Trump people, which is, you know, the whole thing is made up and all of these polls are wrong. I had a guy tweet me the other day, said, you couldn't be more wrong about Trump. I've been traveling around. You wouldn't believe the crowds are amazing. All of these polls are wrong. <laughs> from, the, from Fox News, CNN, NBC, New York Times, and then... On top of that, you've got the individual state polls, which are run by, you know, here the AJC or in, you know, Des Moines Register, places like that. They're not true. They're saying they're all made up because of the enthusiasm. And what I told him was, that's what Fox News told me about the Romney campaign in 2012. And that election was over by 7 p.m. Eastern time, the night of the election. I don't know. Trump could still win. But right now, it's looking like the worst campaign for president I've ever seen in my lifetime. I could be wrong. It's happened once or twice before. All right, we're going to have a couple more headlines when we return. Who do you love? The Von Hessler Doctrine on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. These are the doctrinaires. Jared Yamamoto is one of those doctrinaires, and he's providing headlines for me to comment upon, which is basically the premise of this show. So go ahead. Yeah, the U.S. Postal Service posted a $1.6 billion loss for the quarter. How, how, did they, how did they have this? What a surprise. I forget there is a postal service in 2016 until they put a thing on my door that says, we can't fit any more junk mail into your mailbox. Could you please? Like, I don't even think. I don't even think to check my mail unless I specifically ordered something from Amazon and I know it's coming. That'll come UPS. Well, no, some of it comes regular mail. Oh, okay. Um, so, because Amazon kept the post office going for a long time. Now that's going to change. Amazon has so much money, they're actually going to get into their own delivery system. As they should. And pull back from both uh, the post office and FedEx and, and UPS. So Amazon's just going to run the world. I know we're all looking at Apple and Google and blah, blah, blah. Amazon's going to run the world. <laughs> 20 years from now, they're going to own everything. Uh, but the post office, 
it seems like, why do we even have it in 2016? The problem is, it's in the Constitution. Right. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 7. So, Ooh, and wedding invites. Well, there's that as well. But can't you do that on evites? Yeah, but nobody no, looks at those. Yeah. And it's tacky. No, so th- yeah, there's. It's almost like when you talk about wedding invites. Let's use the old-fashioned style thing. gives its cl- gives gives it class. But here's the thing: if you look at the wedding rates in this country, we don't have enough of them to keep the United States postal postal service alive. So you need other things. Well, now that gay marriage is legal, well, that'll up it a little so bit. I'm trying to help. Yeah, here. you do what you can. We've, right. We've just added a, a few more uh, Christmas invites. cards. Christmas cards. Still, increasingly, I get more of those online. It, like, it lost 980 million last year alone. I mean, how many how many more yeah. years of losses can we take? I About mean, the debt pounds? is insane. Pen pals. Uh, aut- you have to write letters from camp. Autumn. Autumn has friends in prison that she keeps in <laughs> contact with. Well, we've you know, it's a relationship you build over time. That's want- correct. How do they lose money? They lose money because uh, I believe that probably if they were a. Uh, a business, it would cost well over a dollar to send a letter. You know, they have to keep things artificially low because they're a government industry. I think that's the also- expiration of a surcharge. Congress had allowed the Postal Service to charge customers forcing the standard postage stamp to drop from 49 cents to 47 cents. So, right. So right. they're but accumulating the cost. But here's the thing. They also have massive bureaucracy. It's a weird thing. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a government bureaucracy but it's a it's a government subsidized bureaucracy so it looks like a government bureaucracy so you have a lot of people that are being paid for a lot of work that's not really being done it's not like FedEx or you or, or UPS um, but I think that the, my reading of the Constitution is that the United States Congress is empowered to create the Postal Service I'm not so sure that as per the Constitution you have to have it read it it says maintain I'm not going to read it. I'm just going to bloviate because I'm a talk show host. Oh, Don't ask me to know what the hell I'm talking about. How dare you? All right. My misanthrope buddy from New York City will rejoin us with stories from Studio B1 when we return. News 95.5 and AM 750. WSB. Eric Von Hessler on WSB. If it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. And in today's Atlanta Journal-Constitution, you'll get the in-depth news coverage plus $300 in coupon savings. That's why we say, if it's Sunday, it's time to pick up your Sunday AJC. Welcome back. I'm Eric Von Hessler. Tim is here. Jared is here. Autumn is here. Greg's going to join us in a minute, but i got to uh, take a moment here for him, and I don't care who likes it and who doesn't like it, to congratulate my buddy, Andy Lally, a great race driver, uh, who was in the Xfinity race yesterday in mid-Ohio, which was a crazy race with a lot of rain, but here's the point. He jumped into a car that usually is about 35th or 38th in the lineup, and brought it home 7th, had a chance of winning the race, and he's fantastic, and if, uh, if I had my own racing show, which I'm trying to convince people to give me here, I could really go into the beauty of that drive, but I want to congratulate my buddy, Andy Lally. He is fantastic. So uh, get that out of the way. Now it's time for this. He's a misanthrope. He has a dark heart. And he needs a good psychiatrist. New York. New York. It's Greg Russ with stories from Studio B1. All 
right, Gregory, I can't act as if this is the first time we're speaking to each other because you were nice enough to do Outrage Corner earlier, so we, we know how you're doing this week. Well, no, we can act like it's first time because I'm moody and my mood changed. Now I'm in a bad mood. Oh, really? It's too bad. We can't keep you, you can't keep it together for one full hour? No, no, it's, it's, there's swings all over the place. That's, <laughs> it's very difficult. What was your disorder? What, what was it again? I'm a detached neurotic. That doesn't make you dangerous at all, does it? No, it sounds worse than it really is. It means I hide away and I don't deal with things. Okay, well, so there's no there's no danger. I'm just avoiding humanity because humanity made me this way. I have got I've got the solution. You just go outside, go hang out with people more often, right? That's that's yeah, the sure. solution. You know, sometimes I have a history of depression in my family, and I get a little touch of it every once in a while. And you don't want to get off the couch for a, a little while. And this is what I do. I force myself to get off the couch. I go outside. There's this big yellow thing in the sky. It's called the sun. You go out there. You're feeling kind of low. You go outside. Just crawl off the couch if you have to. Crawl outside. <laughs> Turn on the president's the playlist. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I hook up the uh, Obama's summer jam playlist. <laughs> <laughs> Sit in the sun for 10 or 15 minutes. You'll feel better. All right. Give me a story from Studio B1. All right, a woman in Missouri found Donald Trump's face in her butter. And <laughs> wait, this wait, is... wait, wait, wait. Donald Trump's face is in her butter, or <laughs> well, it looks like his face? Yeah, that's, that's yes. There's a, there's a shape that looks like Donald Trump's face. It's like when people find Jesus in a piece of toast or Poseidon in a tree. So, you know. Parquet. <laughs> I can't believe it's not Donald Trump. Uh, look. <laughs> That's a country crock if I ever heard one. <laughs> yeah, have you seen this? I'm looking at this. Have you seen this? This, this is pretty funny. <laughs> and, they, and they found a good matching pit, picture to go with it. But yes, it is funny. It does look like Donald Trump and her butter. <laughs> it's an organic butter, though. This, this is the stinger for him because, yep. uh, you know, it's a liberal butter. It's an organic butter. Oh. So. Look, how do you like that? I didn't care who... What cow it comes from and what they had to eat. <laughs> Donald Trump is, is is the real thing. I am. I look, we, do we love Wisconsin? <laughs> we love Wisconsin. Do we love dairy? Yes, we love do dairy. Do we love dairy farmers? Yeah, we love them. Well, they all love me, so I'm not worried about it. I'll be in your butter. I'll be in your whipped cream. Whatever you need. <laughs> it's hilarious. I encourage people to look this up online because he, I, it also, it could be, uh, anybody remember Tom Terrific? I do. Tom Terrific from the Captain Kangaroo show. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. He kind of looks like Tom Terrific. <laughs> so you could say it's Tom Terrific in the butter as well. Well, I am terrific. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Greg. That's a funny story. I don't have a lot to add. So another story from Studio B1. All right. Let's go this with this one because I like space. A mystery object in a weird orbit beyond Neptune cannot be explained. So... There's uh, So explain it to us. <laughs> explain it to us if it can't be explained. <laughs> well, it can't be explained, but what they know is it's tilted 110 degrees off the plane of the solar system, and it's going backwards around the sun. So most pl all planets go counterclockwise. Right. This thing's going clockwise around the sun. Uh, well, that's weird. It is at this point. Some now, when you say it, the first part that you said, 110 degrees, what does that mean? It means it's a, actually out. It's, it's above the orbit of all the other planets? Yeah, it's tilted. So all the planets are on one plane when they orbit around the sun. Yeah. And uh, this one is tilted. That was one of the things with Pluto. You know, they it had an elliptical orbit and it was tilted. And sometimes it was in further than Neptune. That's why they get's not even a planet. So rightly so, Pluto was stripped of that planetary status. But, you know, this thing kind of falls into the same category. Some people are saying it's 
um, evidence of Planet Nine out there. What is the Planet Nine? Hold on, I have a conspiracy theorist on staff here, on hire. Yes, on re- excuse me, I have something to say about this right here. <laughs> yes, this is uh, <laughs> Conspiracy Carol. Let us know, what is this all about? You think this is some object that the government doesn't know about? It's obviously some sort of planned nuclear device that's <laughs> headed right towards Charleston, and then it's going to aim itself right at the rest of the country and wherever else they want it to go. Can I, I interrupt here? What's this, what's this thing here? Well, is this is Conspiracy Carl, they're, they're her ex-husband. It's Planet Nibiru, and everybody knows that Planet Nibiru is coming back to clash into the into the giant world that we live on, and Planet Nibiru is Planet X, also called that, and you, it's coming back. And, and, and this there is what you go with your planet Nibiru thing again. He would not shut up. About well, it makes more sense than a giant man-made nuclear device floating How around in a lip. Why do you think that that's more likely? Than, you think the government's going to be not involved in this kind of thing? Look, this is what led to the divorce. Yeah, well, we couldn't agree to disagree on planet Nibiru versus a nuclear device man-made by cavemen, which is what would have to have made it, and they didn't have nuclear technology. No, of course not. The, well, I just pro- has put it out there. You think Planet Nine was created by Nancy, whoever, nineteen ninety five? You don't think that they've been trying to test these nuclear devices and then it got out of orbit and now it's just f- floating out there? Well, it wouldn't be beyond right Neptune, you dummy. Why do you think it's coming toward Charleston? Because that's where you are. <laughs> because Obama's in office and he's, he's obviously trying to nuke Charleston, my hometown. She won't let it go. She still thinks that he was trying to nuke Charleston. Well, the- he was. <laughs> it's obvious. He didn't fire that that uh, ship commander. That's right. The commander. Uh, what, what was your thing then? That the, well, I he, forget, but it was very <laughs> obvious that it was a nuke. He for, she She's the worst conspiracy theorist because she forgets <laughs> every conspiracy. So she thought that uh, Obama fired some commander of a sub because he refused to nuke Charleston. That's right. Now, am I bringing it back to you now? now uh, it's a secret plan. Are there any medications, Conspiracy Carol, that you should be on if you're not on them now. Medicaid, you think I'd go to see a, a, a doctor these days? <laughs> no. You don't think that someone's planted that doctor in front of my hometown so that I would go to them and then they would put me on? I don't even drink the water, Eric. You know that fluoride's in there just to make us docile. I, this is where I got to agree with my ex-wife. Now, she, what we do is we got a net and we wait for the dew in the morning. And what the do, the net collects the dew off the leaves of the tree and then we drink that. I know I'm a bit skeptical of that too, because you don't you know what they're putting in the air from those uh, jetliners. <laughs> you guys, uh, you guys, I don't know how you eat anything or move. Or- we are gonna make a boat. Well, this is before we got divorced. We're gonna make a boat, go down to Antarctica, and get some ice from there, and bring it back, <laughs> and let that That's melt so we'd have pure glacial water. That's right, and I make my toothpaste out of clay. <laughs> now, don't because the fluoride, like I said, is making mo- us all docile. Don't question the government. Don't question the way things, the status quo. In, uh, in, when you get moments like this, Carl, do you ever think you might want to get back together, a reconciliation of some kind? I do, but then I remember the whole Nibiru versus the nuclear <laughs> oh, device. there you go. You can't let the Nibiru Planet 9 BS go. <laughs> you seem like such a good couple, except for that one issue. All right, throw me another story from Studio B1, Greg Russ. Ariana Huffington, she's gone. No more Huffington at the Huffington Post. So she left finally. So Ariana Huffington sold the Huffington Post years ago, right? Who owns it? AOL? Or yeah, AOL like owns it now. So, and she's been there kind of as a figurehead. This Ariana Huffington, you know what? I'm, I'm plagued with a, a, a good memory. 
for a long time ago. Like I, I don't cannot remember what I ate for dinner last night, but I remember things from long ago. And when I was a teenager, I was kind of a junkie, a political junkie. Not a junkie junkie, <laughs> a political junkie. And I watched C-SPAN a lot in my late teens, early 20s. And Ariana Huffington, people forget, used to be a right-winger, a, a, an extreme right-winger, and she would be on all these right-wing panels. But uh, they sussed her out very quick as being an empty pantsuit, <laughs> not really having anything to offer. And at some point, her husband, Michael Huffington, who was called Unempty Suit, ran for governor of California, I believe. And then shortly after that, they got divorced and she went liberal. What I love about this Huffington Post is she's all unions this and $15 an hour and all of this worker stuff. But people who write for the Huffington Post get paid nothing. They get paid either a little bit or nothing. You get lots of likes on your Facebook page. And also, people write for the Huffington Post so they can put on their resume that they've had something published by the Huffington Post. Right. It's a wonderful scam. And uh, what's she going off to do now? What is she, Does she have a plan, Greg? Is she just disappearing? or? Yeah, she's going to get involved with uh, some food blog. Oh, everybody retires to food blogs. Yeah, I think... Yeah. <laughs> the Stuffington Post. <laughs> I will be talking about all of my favorite types of things to eat. <laughs> and what are, what are some of the things that you... Are you a foodie? I am a foodie. I like to eat street pretzels with yellow mustard, and I also like to eat deep-fried Twinkies. <laughs> You're a woman of the people, are you not? I am a woman of everybody. This Ariana Huffington holds a, a status in society that is fantastic. There's nothing between those ears. and But somehow she has convinced people that she actually has a thought about things. She tried to be a right winger. They, they sussed her out. They saw that she had nothing to offer. So she just said, well... They're a little more gullible on the left. I'll go over there, and I'll become a goddess for them. Her site's kind of become like a BuzzFeed, too. Have you noticed? It's like the top ten reasons yeah. why conservatives are losing in this election. Well, that's where all things are going, because these millennials are so stupid that you have to put the whole story in the headline, or else they have no idea. Most of them don't even click through. All right. Remember this, people. We have the best goodbyes in the business. Don't miss them. They're coming up next. Everyone has an opinion, but he has the Von Hessler Doctrine. Eric Von Hessler, entertaining honesty on WSB. That's true, it is Eric Von Hessler. It is entertaining honesty, but it only lasts from noon to three. And that means this is our final segment. And our final segment every week, Paul Stanley from KISS tells us what we learned on the show this week. Well, gosh, we learned so much this week. You know, it's hard to figure out where to start, so I'll just start with Robert De Niro calls President Trump totally nuts. <laughs> Look, I met De Niro once, and I wasn't impressed. I don't go for the uh, method of, uh, method acting, you know? No, no, yeah. I agree with Laurence Olivier. Try acting. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell you, Paul Stanley, the two people that got that reference are they're laughing their They're laughing up. in their cars that's or, you right. know, in the backyard having a hot dog. Mark got it, so that's good. Mark He's got laughing. It. I like Mark. He's a nice guy. <laughs> Fidel Castro turned 90. You know, the Stones got to play in Cuba. Why can't Kiss play there? That's my question. You know, we'd rock it. We could rock Havana, hot in Havana. <laughs> 
Havana Night Times. Um, what is the, um, there's no more Huff at the Huffington Post. That's okay. Kiss was without Peter Chris and we did just great. So they'll do fine. No, they'll be fine. What else did we learn, Paul Stanley, of KISS? President Obama released his Spotify playlist, but no KISS. What gives? I donated. I gave the guy money twice. Yeah, but Gene's a big Republican. Let me just say, I would sue if I were you. (laughs) (laughs) I want Gene to tell us uh, what we learned on today's Uh, show. (laughs) Well, listen, you have to learn that if you're going to spend money, there always has to be a return on your investment. And I would say that Paul... Did not get a return on his investment. You know, I got to agree with you there, Gene. It's pretty sad. Let's <laughs> just, just have the Kiss Chronicles. Listen. A conversation between Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. Rioting never solves anything, and it's wrong. I mean, I guess it's okay if your football team wins the Super Bowl or something, <laughs> or if you're running out of Cheez-Its. But other than that, I wouldn't be doing it. Paul Stanley from Kiss, thank you very much. Hey, look, you want to download that WSB Radio app because... We do, th- we do this show, ends up on that app, but also we do three podcasts a week called Digital Doctrine. You can only get them on the WSB radio app. This show, we're on the Von Hessler Doctrine every Sunday from noon to three. And guess what? This week, we will be filling in for Herman Kane nine to noon on Friday morning. So check us out there. That was... How much time do I have here? Yeah, about 30 seconds. You know, he thought, he has all these signs that he, he flashes me. I have no idea what he's talking about. He's got fingers waving in the air. Look I don't know how much time I, I have. I write my personal handwritten signs here, and you, and you read it perfectly. I, I can't even read my own writing. That was this episode of the Von Hessler Doctrine. We'll chat with you again on Friday for Herman Cain and next Sunday at noon. Until then, I simply must insist that each and every one of you get off my lawn. News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB.